Welcome to the Effortless Swimming Podcast, the show that helps swimmers and triathletes love the water, become a better swimmer, and live a better life. Here's your host, Brenton Ford. Hello and welcome to the Effortless Swimming Podcast. My guest today is a return guest who's been on a multiple times. Carl Reader, welcome back to the podcast. Hi, Brenton. Good to be back. So we've um, we've done quite a few podcasts together and we've talked a lot over the last couple of years. Uh, your background's in, uh, well, sort of functional movement and you've got a functional movement course which uh, a lot of our swimmers have, have gone through and you've also worked personally with a lot of the athletes that uh, that I coach as well and you've helped them basically become pain-free in swimming in running and just feel better and and move better as well and it's a huge component to swimming well is being able to move well so on today's podcast I want to go through we're going to go through a couple of case studies of swimmers that you've worked with what, the, what were the issues that they're having and how did you help them overcome those those issues? Because, I mean, the people I talk to at clinics, the people I meet, they're normally dealing with something, whether it's shoulders, whether it's knees or, or hips or neck. There's there's so many things that uh, that can go wrong there or, or they can have niggles. So uh, we'll go into detail with some of those. So, Carl, what's, um, do you want to start off with maybe the um, the first one that you've got there? Yeah, I've, I've, you know, just in general, we see a lot of that shoulder shoulder complaints, shoulder and hamstrings and, and lower back with, with, the, with the clients that I've been working with. But this is a particular lady, she's 45. Um, she's um, been really struggling with the neck and shoulder pain and restrictions. She's also works um, from home behind the computer a lot of the time. And just was just complaining to me how, you know, just doing backstroke and core was, was hurting her shoulders. So we just, we basically looked at, the first thing we looked at was just looking at her, her, her program that she was doing. And I found this across the board with a lot of the swimmers that a lot of the stretches that they're doing to try to warm up or even improve mobility, even though they were getting, the, they were stretching the right muscles, it was compromising other areas of, the, of their bodies, particularly their upper back. So like the lat stretches and, and, and the common shoulder stretch that, that you see a lot of swimmers doing. Um, mm. when, when I had to make the modifications, that actually made a huge difference. So that was quite interesting working one-on-one with, with, the, with the clients, but particularly this client had a whole stretch regime that she was doing. And um, I must have canceled about four or five of them of her stretches and had to replace it with other things. But immediately the next day she phoned me and we, we talked and she said, I feel so much better in the pool already just from leaving out those stretches. So was she doing them prior to swimming? She was doing them as part of her warm-up? Part of the warm-up, but also at home. She was doing a lot of stretching at home um, in the door, trying to stretch out the pecs and, and uh, mm. the lats and the tightness. So she was trying to like really try to improve her shoulder and neck mobility by doing stretching. Um, and what I said to her was that when we start to move the body correctly and get those core muscles engaged and, and you start to move functionally, you'll see that the neck and the shoulder will start to loosen up as opposed to try to stretch it out. Um, and so that obviously she had to first experience that, but after two or three sessions, she said already how her, she couldn't believe how her neck and her shoulder was just loosening up from doing squatting exercises or, so I had to explain the link between how the hips and the shoulders are linked through the fascial systems and the muscle systems. And so she moved from doing a couple of different static stretches to more, more movement based warm ups and, and stretching. Correct. Correct. She, she's she's a member of your your your, your group. Your members uh, swimming effort of swimming, and so she's got access to the videos that we we did the course, and she was doing them. But it was more the stretching that was getting her. So the, some of the stretches that, that mm. weren't in the course that I had to have a look and see, just check her technique with. 
It's funny how it's changed so much. Like I I remember uh, as as a kid, you know, that's pull your arm across the body. Uh, It's it's like that's that's the kind of like uh, lazy teenager stretch. I think it's like when you can't be bothered doing anything, you got to look like you're doing something, so you'll pull the arm across the uh, the chest there. Correct. Look, her movements, the stretches she was doing, she was doing the stretches 100%. But the, what, what I said to her was when we, when this is a big part of another thing across the board with the swimmers that I've been working with, uh, is this body awareness. Like she didn't actually know what, like where she should feel it really or which muscle she should be using. And she said, well, I feel my lat stretching. And I'll say to her, well, how does your neck feel? And she said, actually really sore. And she hadn't, she didn't actually even pick up on that, mm. that her neck was being compressed while she was stretching the lats. She just would be focusing on getting the pull and the lat muscles. And I think that was common across many of the swimmers. So what was the, what was the process that you went through with her to discover what was causing those issues? Well, when you start to do the functional movements, they kind of highlight the problem areas very quickly. So when we were doing like squats and rotational exercises, um, step-ups, um, functional lunges, I could very quickly see um, when she was moving where the weaknesses were and the muscle imbalances and the asymmetries were. Um, mm. Some of the exercises and drills she was doing in the pool as well, I could, uh, when she mentioned like uh, she was doing two arms at the same time, like backstroke, and um, I asked her just to do one arm at a time, and that really also made yeah. a difference to her. <laughs> so there was, and now she can do it because she's got the mobility back in her thoracic spine, and that's something that you and I have covered quite a few times. But And then really building that core strength in a functional way um through the squats is, is one of my favorite ways of doing that and that that really um the the, the squatting just has a huge effect on postural overall postural fixes it it kind of like hits many of the, the, the postural weaknesses um and so just by starting the first few days of getting the squat technique right and then i went into more advanced stuff after that but i really after two three sessions you can in the testimonial that she wrote how she really felt way better after two sessions and that's coming from the squats again and that's all just working online with people right like you assessing how they're doing those exercises through like a a zoom call or something similar and seeing how they're moving yeah even facetime just putting an iphone or whatever on a a desk and she just would just go go from there i imagine how you're sort of looking at how people are moving is how i'm looking at people when they're swimming it's like you've got a finely attuned eye to you know to that particular particular thing and you can probably see things that most people can't uh which is what you know i think you as i've developed over the years of just doing so much analysis in in that time is it's like these yeah you can sort of see patterns and uh, and things that um yeah that aren't moving how they should and uh compared to how how they should be moving so yeah, and, and just as you say, like you, you you pick it up pretty quickly, and and I think the other thing is, and I said this just now, was the body awareness is such a big thing. Like when I ask my clients or the other guys, and you know, what what muscles do you feel working, and they sort of look at you with a blank stare, like what what do you mean? And it's sort of say, okay, well, it's important that you know which muscles you're trying to trying to hit here, and 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 you know, are you aware of the core engaging, and and are you can you see this? And then, and then they say no, and then I say well. You know, so it's it's that I think that's been a big part when from the testimonials how helping them improve their body awareness has really helped them in the pool as well. Oh, it's such a, a massive one, isn't it? Like, like proprioception out of the pool, if that's if it's poor or body awareness out of the pool is is poor, um, it's only going to get worse once you're in the water when you haven't got that Great. that grounding. Uh, so yeah, so it makes a makes a huge difference. And like I see it with um, like my my kids, they're fairly young, they're three and five. 
I see it when they're doing uh, like they do Taekwondo and Jiu Jitsu and swimming. And it's like at the start of, of doing these things that like there's arms and legs moving everywhere. And then they start to, uh, to dial into, to where they are uh, in space. And it's, um, it's just awesome to sort of, to, to watch that. And I think it's something that we, um, you know, we, we get older, that we've got so much stuff in our mind that we just tend to forget about, um, or we, we sometimes just don't tune into what we're doing and um, and that body awareness. Sometimes we do certainly um, just, I guess, forget about or not think about or, or not even know what we should be doing in, in many cases or what we should be I feeling. That, I think that's the big thing. You know, we've never been taught at school, uh, like how to move. And I've, I've spoke about this before, but mm-hmm. like, we you know, in the olden days, like you said, you'd run around the field, touch your toes, do some push-ups. And a, and a quad stretch and now it's advanced to like a hip flexor seems to be the big name today everyone's doing hip flexor stretches and <laughs> but it's not really teaching people like you know this is how you're supposed to squat how you bend how you rotate you know the the, the technique that's involved and it's, it's and it's highly technical i mean you've got multiple joints working especially when it comes to back pain um so and the muscles have highly coordinated functions they're not just you know there to like do a bicep curl or whatever so it's 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 when you understand that and you help people actually grasp it and teach them and take them through that, that the, the body just realigns itself. It's, that's the beauty of the work that I do is it's not so much relying on Carl Reader. It's like and I'm giving them the, the movement and the body just sort of does the corrections. It's, it's, it's wonderful to watch. Let's go into the, uh, the second one you've got there. Sure. I had um, a guy with really, really chronic hamstring injury and, and, and tendinopathy and pain and uh, it just affected his swimming and affected his running. Um, and he was yeah, a young guy, like also like 40 years old and a triathlete. And he uh, really just reached out to me saying, look, my hamstrings are killing me. And um, he's been doing stretches and doing a lot of hamstring workouts, um, YouTube stuff. And so I was again, once again, he couldn't even do a squat. He couldn't squat down even like 10 degrees. He couldn't even do like half a squat from the pain. Huh. Um, and so that was interesting because we had to then look at what we talk about neural release, neural tension. So we would release the neural tension through very simple movements. And I'm not sure if you've seen some Olympic athletes do like vibration exercise where they shake their limbs or they're, they're, they're moving fast or they're doing something to like get the nerves reset. So it's kind of what I do with the guys as well, like shaking the legs, rolling the ankles, just like kind of like sending pulses through the nervous system to re, 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 retrain that and reset that. And then um, helped, helped him even in a chair. And I was quite interesting because he's a, he's a very strong and fit guy. But I put him in a chair and I taught him how to like to get out of a chair properly to teach the right mechanics of the, of the pelvis. And he kind of was laughing about this thing, you know, this is an elite athlete <laughs> getting out of a chair, feel like an old guy. But once he got that mechanics, that rock and roll, he, was, he, was, he just couldn't believe how that would release his hamstrings and he could feel his glutes. And, and he wrote to me like a day later saying, I, I can't believe I had to do no hamstring stretches today. Um, and after about <laughs> two weeks, he was squatting down to, I wouldn't say 90 degrees, but like at least 45, 50 degrees, which is a huge improvement. And I know those who are listening have had hamstring injuries, they know that it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's painful, but it also takes a long time to come right if you don't address the underlying issues as well. And so was he, he was having that initial pain through running was when running he was experiencing and swimming, yeah. running and swimming and swimming as well. Yeah. yeah right. Must be tight. The, you know, like <laughs> the kicking, the kicking feeling on the freestyle. And yeah, yeah. Interesting. And so, um, uh, so instead of, uh, hamstring stretches, you 
did you start him off with squats or did you have him do some other things to, you know, to, to then build up to doing squats if it was quite yeah. painful for him? Yeah, good. I, just, just that, I said, the neural, releasing neural tension because of the hamstrings and the, and the, and the orientation of the sciatic nerve and the, the lower back and then just getting him to, to, to learn how to do the squat movement but getting out of a chair. You see, when you, when you get that rock and roll movement right with the pelvis, um, that releases a lot of the lower back um, neural tensions in the lower back. There's, we call it a, a neural plexus. It's where all the nerves exit the spine. And then that has a huge effect on the, on the hamstring flexibility and mobility. So I actually stopped him doing quite a lot of the hamstring stretches in the initial phase, which is to re retrain the muscles, to so get the glutes firing, get him in a better position, um, release the, the tension, the chronic tension in his body. Um, and then he's swimming as well, like just to... Um, you know, with a, just to take, like, not go out full pace, explosive, just really slowly and feel the body, get connected to your body, like, again, body connect, body awareness. Can you explain the, the rock and roll through the hips that you mentioned there? I don't quite fully understand yeah, that. Yeah, so when you when you get out of the chair, you want to, you like, it's kind of like, I don't know if you can see in the video, but you, you want to tip, you want to lean forward from your hips. You want to feel the pelvis is rocking forward. It's like in physiotherapy, we talk about an anterior tilt. So you, the hands, uh, if you put your hands on your hip bones, you, you're almost, you're leaning forward and rocking forward from the hips. You're not, you're not doing what many people do, sort of bend forward from their back, from their mid-back. They, they leave that. So if I do that, I'm leaving my pelvis behind. You've got to, you want to lean forward. And that's the that that action of rocking the pelvis is what what helps runners and and, and the, the, the squat technique. It's that leaning forward movement that we talk about in the course as well. And throughout the I say not centuries, but de definitely decades, um, there's been this idea that we're supposed to whenever we pick up something, we we're not to lean forward. We're to use our knees and keep our back straight. I don't know if you're familiar with that. When you pick up a box, yeah. they always told us, use your knees, keep your back straight. And that, that's through the whole of functional movement out the window. Because what happened is now, whenever you go to gyms or anywhere in the world, people said, oh, don't let your knees go too far. Don't bend your knees too far forward. Don't go. And that's, we're trying to come back to what the functional positions are. So that rock and roll actually teaches you. It's, a, it's, it's the key to unlocking a lot of like um, core strength and mobility in the body. Yeah, interesting. Okay, it's good. Yeah, good explanation of it and it makes a lot of sense especially when you see it there and those that are listening on the podcast um this is on youtube as well uh if you're looking for the the video version of it um so if we do uh one more so uh one more athlete that you've worked with what's another yeah. case study that you've got well, there was a lady she, you know in, in her 60s she was from the us and she um a horse rider and fallen and broken like knees and shoulders it was like a like a like a really challenging <laughs> case but just loved swimming. It was her life, and uh, she just doing anything that could help. And she was going through a, a warm-up program before the course that we did, and she just was amazed that said that, that she never ever moved her body. She just moved the joints. So she was just taxing and grinding her shoulders. And after watching the course and learning how to use the whole body, how that made a big difference. But with her again, I didn't do any mobility work with her. I just did core strength, got her strong. Um, again, the squatting technique. I had to be very careful because she had. Um, like we talk about calcification and the tendons of it in the knee and stuff. So she, it was a very limited movement, but it was amazing how much strength we could still get. And she swam her fastest time and she was in a competition and uh, she, oh, she, was, she just really benefited from just overall strength training. And that was done in a chair, you know, again, just help because she couldn't do much with weights and, and heavy weights because of her condition. That's what I like 
a lot about the about the stuff you teach in the course and um, the way that you teach things is you don't need a lot of equipment people don't need to necessarily change what they're doing a whole lot as in like they don't need to you know, go to the gym four times a week uh, they can probably do this stuff at at home they can work it into their current routine and I think that stuff is why is how people can make changes a lot a lot better it's like if I'm prescribing uh, you know, something for someone to do it's like I'm just going to get them to maybe include a couple of drills in their warm up. Keep it simple. You're already probably warming up in the pool anyway. And if we just add a little bit here or replace something a little bit here, um, do that every session, that's going to get you that result. And it means you're going to stick to it and you're going to start Great. to change that, that habit or change that movement in, in your case. Yeah. And, and I say like, you know, the body's designed to move. So it's just when like anything that's been designed, if you, if you use it correctly, it's, it's going to work, you know, and, um, so I think that's at the, at the core of this. The, one of the guys, uh, members of your members said to me, "Just it's just been so good to learn how to move properly. Um, it's something that, you know, well, how is moving properly going to help my exercising? But when you realize that exercises are movements and they're not done correctly, it, it just strains the body completely. So especially if you have injuries, um, there's a lot of the members as well, like just helping them with the too much overload, like doing too much. I mean, that's something you probably see in swimming as well. The guys are doing too, maybe it's overtraining, the typical overtraining scenario. So, mm. um, but yeah, it's just across the board, really the, the three things just to summarize for the listeners was, you know, um, watching out for, for existing stretches that you're doing that may be compromising other parts of the body and then improving your body awareness through understanding and doing things slowly and actually connecting with the body. And then the part, the powerful effects of, of, of moving properly, like good, good functional techniques. And, a, and I want to say this to listeners, there are a lot of functional exercises if you go and download on Google or YouTube that are dysfunctional. And one of those examples is, a, is the lunge. The lunge is a very popular exercise for strengthening glutes and hamstring muscles. But the, in my opinion, the way it's taught is very dysfunctional. And um, you, you see a lot of people complaining of knee problems and ankle problems and back doing that. But it's a very common exercise uh, you find in many of the triathletes uh, sort of exercise programs. So that's kind of the first question I ask my, my guys when I meet them is, are you doing a lunge? And they say, yes. And then I'm like, okay, before we go any further, let's like, <laughs> let's go and have a look at that. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And what's, what's one of those like main things that will be causing issues with the, with the lunge, like knee issues. The, lunge, the thing is they, 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 the lunge, their body is, is behind their knees. So you, when you see someone lunge, they step forward yeah. and they, they sink down. So if here's the, if you're looking at here's the knee and here's the body, you want the body to be leaning forward. So you want your head almost in line with your knee. When you watch most people lunge, their head and body is way behind the knee, if that makes sense. If you watch mm, it on YouTube, yep. you'll see what I've just described there. But you're, it's all about the center of gravity is way too far behind. And that's and that makes the knee the pivot point and the loading point. Um, and it overactivates the, the, the quad muscles. Yeah, interesting. It's um uh, it's it, it's funny, like it's it seems so to you it probably seems like it's it's like it's really uh simple yes and it's really like obvious because you've done it for so long um but for you know but for for most of us it's like it's like wow all right that's a massive massive difference and the story that like that i'll use here is and i know people are probably sick of me talking about surfing on this podcast but to me that's like that's the thing that i'm trying to master and, and learn um alongside swimming as well but um surf coach that I, I listened to he's talking about how like how you can basically turn better so most people he said will they'll have their basically bum out 
they'll have their, their knees forward in there like their arms are sort of moving all over the place. And you can't really twist if, you, if your bum's sticking out. So it's Great. like, yeah, you got your one foot forwards, one foot back. It's almost like a sprinter's pose, like you're going to start um, like a 100-meter running sprint. Um, so you sort of bend, you, you crouch down, and that way you can really turn your upper body a lot more, almost all the way around when you've got the right position. Uh, and it's just like, Great. and for me, that just opened up, like opened up surfing for me in a massive way because I could then just like no, I could then just turn so much e- easier because I learned how to move properly. It's like that one thing. It's like wow, makes a massive difference. And, and so and that, yeah, as a surfer as well, that that exact position where you talked about the the, the bum out or the sticking out, what you do is you you actually lock the rotational centers of your spine because that creates an extension in the in what we call the T twelve L one junction, and that's your that's where the, the spine changes its orientation of the of the joints. So your rotation sits a little bit higher than that, like just above that joint. And when you surf and stick out and wave your hands like you described, <laughs> you're actually locking the most rotational part of your body. So now you just have no way to move and do anything. And when you come more upright and relaxed there, then you just, everything unlocks. I think that's important. That's a great point. It's, 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 it's a system. So like, you know, if, I'm, if someone's got a really sore shoulder, I actually go to the opposite hip and do work. And, and they just can't understand like why is this guy giving me a hip exercise on my shoulder sore? <laughs> you know like it's you not, did he not get the email or like you know <laughs> but it's, it's 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 a system it's a domino effect it's a sequencing so when we're looking at even at neck neck problems and stuff or wrist problems we don't we very often and you talk to physio it's the same sort of philosophy sort of we're looking at this chain um but that's the beauty of functional movements if i don't really if i'm not there in person or i even i don't many times i don't really fully understand what's going on in the body often i don't fully understand it the body's complicated um and and i, and I don't think anybody has a true it's, it's, we still you know we're just the tip of the iceberg but the beauty of functional movements is that like once you put functional movements back into someone's life like the body just does the rest it's it's just sort of it just uh, organizes it through and especially fascia that's another thing a lot of people are doing fascia stretches with these foam rollers and they're trying to run their ITB bands or they're trying to fascia their glutes. If you, if you understand that, that, that the fascia is, is adopts to the messaging from the muscles, then you, you'll understand that if you just, if you do the other way around, so if you stretch a fascia, you're sending a signal from an exterior force to the muscle and the muscle gets confused where if you, if you train the muscles functionally, then the fascia gets a signal like, okay, now we need to make changes. So it's much easier than hmm. to learn how to move functionally than to do fascia stretches. It's also painful. Now they do work fascia stretches, but hmm. often they're only temporary, and that's very important for listeners that you do. There are benefits to doing fascia stretches, um, but for some people struggling with chronic conditions, they can often it can actually make it worse sometimes. Interesting and just uh, somewhat related. What's um, where does where does sort of uh, like deep tissue massage? play a part there how does that um because i find like if i get i'd call it like if i get beat up on the massage table like a really hard massage um yeah i'll be sore the next day but i'm i'm usually like feeling like i move a whole lot better how does that sort of play into things well remember this if you talk about these asymmetries you know like these some muscles are, are chronically tight and others are weak and loose or it's just that that's just releasing that tension that you that you're holding in your body so you are going to feel better uh, just by releasing that. But if it's if it's if you've got that if that muscle's tight because it's trying to stabilize a unstable joint in the back or in your hips, then often that releasing can can cause more pain because you're now taking away the stability. If it's just a chronic mm. tightness from a imbalance or a, 
that posture for a while, it actually does. It feels great, you know. And as you say, you feel feel really good. But it's not you're not that often doesn't solve the problem because it's it's you got to mm. get to why it's tight in the first place. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, something that um, if I've sat down a lot, if I've been like in the car or on a plane or like you know, coaching clinics and sort of on the iPad, might not have the best uh, sort of seat seat there to be doing that for a whole day. Um, that's normally when I'm like, wow, all right, I just need to, I need to go get a massage and just like, it just get, um, loosened up and it's, um, yeah. And, and every time that I've thought oh, I should get one because I'm really tight and then I haven't got it the next, like that week of like, I've done something where it's yeah. just like, I pulled a muscle or something. It's just like, just listen to that. Listen to your gut, listen to that intuition. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's a definitely integral part. I mean, like, especially as athletes, you know, that, 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 uh, post massage is great, you know? toxins like just getting the blood flow lymph all that stuff it's so yeah it's there's definitely a place for that and uh so those that are listening if you do perhaps have some uh some issues that you want to get taken care of um carl what's the best place to get in touch with you because you you're in south africa but you work with obviously athletes from all over the place and uh what's the best way for those people to get in touch with you I think the email address is the best, which is callwellness at gmail.com and call with a C, callwellness at gmail.com. And then my website is callreadercoaching.com. And you can just reach out to me there. And I have a discovery call, which is free. So people can, re we can organize a Zoom or FaceTime chat just to see if what, I'm, what I offer is going to work or if it's going to be a good fit. And then we go from there. Yeah, fantastic. We'll uh, we'll keep all of that. Uh, we'll put all that in the show notes uh, for those that are that are listening. And um, and that course that we talked about as well, the functional movement for swimming, um, we'll put in the show notes as as well. So, uh, Carl, appreciate you jumping on. I love hearing stories and case studies like you've you've shared today. It's um it's great to hear that you know like it when you can when you feel better when you move better you haven't got though that pain like life is just so much better uh, for better. people and that's uh, that's something that you can really help people with. So. Appreciate you jumping on the, the podcast and, uh, and sharing those stories. Oh, thanks for having me, Brendan. Always good to chat. Thanks for listening to the Effortless Swimming Podcast. If you'd like us to help you become a faster, more efficient swimmer, go to www.effortlessswimming.com.